Welcome to Elevated Leadership, where we embrace the truth that everyone is a leader, whether they recognize it or not. The secret to having great impact lies in how well we lead ourselves above all else. I'm Jenny Young, a hospitality entrepreneur and certified professional coach with over 20 years of experience as a leader. Having learned the ropes the hard way, my mission is to simplify the journey for you. Let's take this path to elevated leadership together. Hi, leaders. Today, we have our first topic request for the podcast, and it came from Julie T. She's been following Elevated Leadership online, and she even attended an in-person workshop that we had. So I've had the pleasure of meeting her and knowing her, and I loved her idea for today's episode, which is talking about introverts in the workplace, specifically introverted leaders. But I'm going to expand out on that so that regardless of what you identify as, in your own personality, there will be some gems in here to help you as well. By now, it comes as no surprise that I have a different take from the norm on how we use these labels of introvert and extrovert, and how identifying as one can enhance your leadership, but it can also get in the way. And I'll also get into how to manage introverted employees most effectively, because we all know some, we all love them, and maybe we are one. I often hear that highly extroverted people just don't get introverts, and I'll tell the extroverts this, the feeling is mutual. So let's take a step toward understanding more. We'll get into all of that soon, but first, I want to share a personal story of being in awareness and how it can shift how you experience your life. I use that term a lot, and I talk about it here on the podcast, but I love to share real-life examples that I see in the world or that I experience myself because... Some of it can sound so abstract. It's so easy to sit here and say, be in awareness, guys, but what does that actually mean in your daily life and what does it look like? This past weekend, I went snowmobiling with my family in Northern Maine, and I'm not typically a snowmobiler, but we made sure that I had all the right gear and I really wanted to make a fun memory with my family. I tend to be the one who stays back at home when they go on these grand adventures because I'm an introvert myself, and I like to have the downtime and the quiet house to myself. And if I'm being honest, I also have this fear that we'll get out on the trail and we'll be three hours away and I'll realize that I'm over it. And the only way that I'll be able to get back is to do another three hours. So it's kind of this fear of loss of control, maybe, or not wanting to end up somewhere trapped And so I put all that aside. I trusted who I was going with and I said, let's do it. So we went and it was seriously fun. It was so beautiful and I had all the proper gear to be warm. My kids were so happy. I was driving my own machine literally in the backwoods of Maine, which such a small percentage of humanity can experience or say that they've done. And this is where the awareness came in. I started to recognize that I wasn't actually enjoying the trip. I was having an enjoyable time, but I wasn't enjoying the moment. And so I used awareness, there's that word, to observe my thoughts, the ones that just run and run and run through my head, like all of us have. And I realized that I was thinking nonstop about the trip back. And if I'd be uncomfortable then, I was in the future worrying about what the future might look like or feel like. I mean, I could be cold by then. I could be hungry. Someone could break down. We could get lost. The kids could be tired. 
Someone could get hurt. All of these things could happen. I, in the moment, was having a perfectly enjoyable time, but I was so worried that it wouldn't last and how I would feel if it didn't last. A lot of times on this podcast, I mention that you don't have to do anything to change your thoughts. You just need to notice them. Don't judge yourself for being in the past or in the future, but when you notice it, you're immediately bringing yourself back to the present moment. And I laughed to myself because it was so silly to not enjoy right now because I was worried that I might not enjoy later. I started to notice the trees and the sun and the feeling of bobbing along the trail. And guess what? Minutes later, I caught myself again thinking about something else and I brought my attention back. So it's like a living meditation to actively train your brain on how you want it to behave. And as a human, as a leader, we are not going to get this 100% right 100% of the time. But I'm very curious of where you may see yourself stressing about a future that hasn't happened yet as a leader or a past that might repeat itself. And how is that working for you? Do you ever catch yourself thinking, okay, it's all fine now, but when will the other shoe drop? And do you have a fear of enjoying the present because it may not last? Because the present is not going to last. Whether you label it as good or bad, it's temporary. So you can either enjoy it when it's good because it will be gone soon, or you can relax when it's bad because it will be gone soon. Leaders need to think about and prepare for the future. It's part of our job to be ahead of what's coming. But how do we do that from an intentional and non-fearful place? In my example with the snowmobiling, we had done everything possible to prepare for a successful trip. The rest was out of our hands, and honestly, whatever happened, we were going to handle when it happened. But trying to anticipate it wasn't making me more prepared. If I'm going down the trail thinking, what if I break down? That isn't making me more prepared for a breakdown. So you can see how that isn't an effective leadership mindset. If we put snowmobiling into a leadership context, it looks like this. We set the stage as well as we could for a good experience. Bad leadership would have been not bringing water, not having a map, no toolkit, taking a kid who had a fever, not fixing the engine on a machine that broke down last time. But good leadership is this. Do your best to set the stage properly and then ride the trail. Stay adaptable to whatever comes up. Stay solution focused. That is what we need from our leaders. We don't need leaders who are stressing about what could happen. We need the people who are present for what is happening. And we can't control the entire ride. It's absolutely impossible. There are way too many factors. So the people who try to control the entire ride are always the top candidates for overwhelm and burnout. But we can control how we take off and the mindset that we use as we hit the bumps along the trail. I share this story because I'm learning as I go. I'm, I'm paying attention to these situations as they come up, and I want it to spark places in your own life where you can have more awareness in your own moments. So let's get into today's episode on introverted leaders. One thing about me is I am a huge fan of personality tests and labels and a genuine understanding of who I am, how I show up in the world, and it's so fun to understand other people too. For example, learning my Enneagram number, which I'm a five by the way, changed my life, and knowing what other people are 
lets me remember that we're all simply different. What they are doing is not always or usually a story about me. So it helps me not take the way other people are behaving personally when I can understand that we're all simply different. And when I figured out at probably, I don't know, the age of 30 that I was an introvert and my husband is an extrovert, I felt such a huge relief because suddenly it all made sense. Finally, I could be what I naturally was and I could let him be what he naturally was without getting frustrated. But before really knowing what we were on that spectrum of introvert and extrovert, I would be so offended that at the end of a long day, Jeff wanted to socialize or grab a beer at Side Street because that sounded like my personal hell. And his personal hell would have been sitting quietly on the couch, which is what I needed to do. So our difference in what we needed at the end of a long day had nothing to do with our love for each other. It had everything to do with how we like to recharge. So I'm never going to suggest that you change your personality because first of all, you really can. And secondly, you're great just the way you are. But I'll always encourage you to understand and accept who you are. And from there, you can learn tools that help you to be the best that you can be. When I hear people using their label as an excuse to not improve, I pay attention. Because being an introvert, for example, isn't the problem, but the story that you believe about being the introvert is more likely the issue. Introverts, extroverts, the people who fall in the middle of that spectrum can all be incredible leaders. The more self-aware leaders are, the more influence they have. We don't need to spend a ton of time explaining what qualities introverts and extroverts have, But maybe you don't know what you are, and that could be because there's a spectrum and you aren't necessarily one or the other. But also there are some misunderstandings or stereotypes out there, and so I just want to set up a clear definition for all of us to work from. You could be a mix of both. You could show up in different ways depending on the circumstances. So be fluid with this and understand that it's never helpful to be rigid or more committed to the label that you have than what you actually are. That being said, Let's quickly clarify that people who are more introverted tend to like smaller groups, less small talk, they like to have info and writing, and they may need independence and space to be thoughtful and reflective. They tend to be more internal processors. And those who fall closer to the extroverted side on the spectrum tend to crave the opposite. They love large gatherings. Those are energizing. That's exciting for them. They can talk about almost anything They feel restless when they're alone or still for too long, and they're highly expressive, so they're open to new opportunities, and they tend to externally process or talk out loud. If you know my husband, Jeff, he's the walking embodiment of this extroverted list, and we love him for it. The man's never met a room that he couldn't work, but I, on the other hand, usually drive separately so that I can leave early, so they do say opposites attract. But the main, main way to know which side you lean on is to look at how you want to recharge at the end of a very long day. Imagine yourself at the end of a long day, you've crushed your to-do list, you were on, challenges came your way, you handled them, but you are worn out. Your battery is empty. Do you A, crave a quieter and less stimulating situation to recharge your battery, or do you B, crave a social and more lively situation to refill your battery? Forget about taking an online test. This is the only question you need to ask yourself to know if you're A, more introverted or B, more extroverted. If you immediately say, Jenna, I can't answer that. It depends on the situation, the time of year, what happened that day. I'm willing to bet that you fall somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, which is also great information to have and to use to your benefit. 
Another thing I heard and loved came from Simon Sinek. He is a motivational speaker and he's an organizational consultant. He said something along the lines of, a great way to understand introverts is to know that they wake up with a generally full battery and every interaction, physical or social, depletes their battery. Whereas extroverts wake up with their battery not quite as full and every interaction fills them up a bit more. So I love that visual on that. In a final push for me to be fluid with this, I've spoken with people who feel that the pandemic shifted them or that age is shifting them and that's normal and great. While your Enneagram number will never change, the way that you recharge or fall on this spectrum absolutely can. And this is where self-awareness and acceptance come in. What are you now? And what do you want to do with that info today? Elevated Leadership is new and we don't have any sponsorships yet. So in the meantime, I'm using this space to give a shout out to a business or individual who I see excelling in their role as a leader. These are people who I personally take lessons from. This week, I'm recognizing Hillary Hoffman, who's the creator of the Soto Method. This is an online exercise program, and Hillary is typically the leader of the workouts. The magic of what she does is in how she manages expectations. This is an important leadership skill. She is very upfront and all along the way about what you are doing and what you will be doing. There's no guesswork. You can mentally know that A, you know what to expect, and B, you can trust her. And what I notice is that when you can mentally relax by removing the guesswork, you can physically perform better. So what's the mini takeaway? I love the idea of bringing this into our own leadership. Clear is kind, and when the leader offers a roadmap and they are trustworthy, the performance by the people they lead improves. If you're interested in hearing a season two and want to sponsor the podcast, reach out via our website, elevatedleadershipgrowth.com. On paper, it can seem that extroverts are more equipped to be leaders because leadership is about taking charge and making connections, and this comes naturally to extroverts. But they can also be impulsive, domineering, and they can lack focus. Introverts have incredible leadership qualities as well. They typically value deep listening, thoughtful decision-making, and a focus on meaningful relationships. Their struggles usually come with conflict avoidance, experiencing burnout and overstimulation, and they may fight less to be heard. I'm going to give the takeaway early though. Are you ready? Successful leaders, whether introverted or extroverted or somewhere in the middle, often recognize their strengths and challenges, and they work to leverage their unique qualities in the leadership roles. The label itself doesn't really matter. So I'm not going to tell you how to be less introverted today. I see those articles all over online because that isn't really going to work to serve you. And I want you to be authentic to who you truly are, but use these tips as a way to own what you are and to build confidence in that. What I'm about to share can apply to anyone, but we're going to roll with the introvert theme because that's the entire point of this episode. You can replace that word with just about anything. So how can you be an introvert and show up as an introvert and still be effective and influential? Step one, understand what you are and take pride in what you are. Consider the benefits that you have as an introvert. Usually the problem is that the label is being used as an excuse like, well, I can't do that because I'm an introvert, or I've always been bad at that because I'm an introvert. You won't improve with that narrative. And we know, especially from episode six, that your words matter. I'm suggesting that you use the label as information, and then you ask, how can I show up as the best version of what this label is? 
What benefits do I have from being in this category? And I suggest that you own what you are with confidence rather than being frustrated by it. If you know that you prefer to communicate in writing, you can let people know that up front. I tend to like things in writing because then I can take time to process it. Step number two, get clear on the skills that you want to be better at and then do the work there specifically. So for many introverts, that would possibly include networking, public speaking, conflict management, burnout, and I'm sure there are many others. I list these because those are the areas that I needed to grow as an introverted leader. This is a helpful tip because it's daunting to think that the whole of who you are as a human is standing in your way when really it's some skills that don't come naturally to you. Get clear on what those skills are and how important they are to you because there are endless resources, this podcast being one, that can help you to build those skills. Step three, spoken like a true leadership coach, hire a coach. This is what coaching is. It's you coming in with your goals or the areas where you feel stuck and then going after those areas to build confidence and make positive life changes. And if coaching isn't happening for you, revert back to the last tip and read a book, take a class, listen to a podcast. Anything that you pay attention to will improve. So take control of your own adventure and do your best to not be the victim of your label. And step four is to support yourself. Know yourself and what you need to succeed and communicate that to the network around you. If you tend to need 30 minutes at some point in the day to refocus, recharge, regroup, communicate that. No one is going to do it for you. So if you need things in writing and someone is spewing tons of info at you, listen and take in as much as you can and then ask if they would be willing to send a recap in an email because that's how you process or pull out your piece of paper and take some notes in the moment. This is basically training the people in your life on how you can work best with them. So there's a good chance that they want to show up in a way that's beneficial to you, but they won't know unless you share it. I realize that in this, I'm asking introverts to do something that may not come naturally to them, but being able to take charge and communicate clearly are essential skills to being an effective leader, and this is a great place to practice. There's one thing that I see, and it's worth mentioning, I work with some introverts who are also quite anxious, or they have low esteem, and it's hard for them to be assertive or calm in situations. They don't really see the anxiety or the low esteem because they've labeled it as, quote, being introverted. Being introverted is truly a description of how you recharge your battery, and it shows up in various ways that also show up with anxiety or nervousness. So people may come into me and say, I'm this way because I'm an introvert, but we quickly realize that it's nervousness, anxiety, or low esteem that's really at the wheel. And typically, as people improve their thoughts and their beliefs and their feelings, essentially who they are at their core, they will walk into rooms with more confidence and feel less introverted. This is where awareness comes in. What are you thinking? What is the story that you have on repeat? Have you ever paid attention to it or adjusted it? And where did you learn those beliefs? Let's talk about introverted employees. You're going to have them and they're lovely. I have one very main tip for you and that's don't expect your introverted employees to show up like extroverted employees. Just don't. It isn't fair. If they're competent and if they align with the culture, work with who they are and put them in positions to succeed. So if you have an introverted employee, they probably aren't the best fit on the cash register where you want to see a lot of engagement and excitement in their interactions, not because they aren't nice people, but because it will drain them. 
and you want to put employees in positions where they shine, they feel energized, and they want to come back the next day. Another tip is to allow them to prepare for meetings. This is huge. Introverts like to think and process internally before speaking out. And if you want them to do and be their best in meetings, then share the agenda, questions, expectations, materials in advance. And if you don't, just please don't be surprised when they seem reserved or don't contribute as much. While we're on meetings, make room for them to be heard. It's very easy for a group to barrel over an introverted leaning person in conversation. They probably won't butt in, but if you actually want them to engage and you want to hear their great ideas, make space for them to give them. When I'm running a meeting or even in a conversation, I'm highly aware of who may be overtaking or who hasn't had a chance to speak. And I'll make room by specifically saying, so-and-so, do you want to add anything to that? And almost always they do. And almost always they're adding something really valuable. And if I hadn't asked, we wouldn't have heard it. Or in a one-on-one conversation, I'll make a point to pause so that they can add their thoughts. Because they're incredible listeners and highly thoughtful in general. So don't be surprised when ideas and contributions are excellent. They just probably aren't going to fight for the space to say it. Regardless of who and what you are, if you are a leader, you must get comfortable with communicating, making decisions, and supporting others in their success. Those are non-negotiable no matter what labels you slap on top. So you can be an introvert who has mastered these three skills or an extrovert or anything in the middle. All right, introverted leaning leaders, use what you are to your advantage. You are to be celebrated. I know that some leadership skills seem to come easier to extroverts, but they have their fair share of struggles as well. Introverts are thoughtful, reflective listeners who value real connection. They often think before taking action and are in tune to how others are feeling. And those are all beautiful qualities that we need more of in the leadership world. So you deserve to be there. Use them to your advantage and own it. Let them be your superpowers to gain influence with your team. I hope that this helped you identify yourself a bit more and to understand others more as well. There's a team making this podcast everything that it is, and I'd like to give a genuine thank you to Swan Studios in Bar Harbor, Maine for the space, Mike Perlman for the production, and Allison Shank for all of my graphic design. Elevated Leadership wouldn't be what it is without you. And thank you to you for listening. Keep elevating and I'm here rooting for you.